do. Pretty soon they see that long-legged undertaker make a sign of the preachers, much as to say, Don't you worry, just men on me. Then he stooped down and began to glide along the wall, just his shoulders showing over the people's heads. So he glided along, and the pow-wow and racketing getting more and more outrageous all the time. And at last, when he had gone around two sides of the room, he disappears down cellar. Then about two seconds, we heard a whack, and the dog, he finished up with a most amazing howl or two. Then everything was dead still. The parson begun his solemn talk where he left off. In a minute or two, here comes this undertaker's back and shoulders gliding along the wall again. And so he glided and glided around three sides of the room, then rose up and shaded his mouth with his hands and stretched his neck out towards the preacher over the people's heads and says, in a kind of a coarse whisper, He had a rat! Then he drooped down and glided along the wall again to his place. You could see it was a great satisfaction to the people, because naturally they wanted to know. little thing like that doesn't cost nothing, and it's just the little things that makes a man to be looked up to and liked. There were no more popular men in town than what that undertaker was. Well, the funeral sermon was very good, but pious and long and tiresome. Then the king, he shoved in and got off some of his usual rubbish, and at last the job was through. The undertaker began to sneak up on the coffin with his screwdriver. I was in a sweat then, watched him pretty keen, but he never meddled at all, just slid the lid along as soft as mush and screwed it down tight and fast. So there I was. I didn't know whether the money was in there or not. So says I suppose somebody had hogged that bag on the sly. Now how do I know whether to write to Mary Jane or not? Suppose she dug him up and didn't find nothing. What would she think of me? Blame it, I says, I might get hunted up and jailed. I better lay low and keep dark, not right at all. Things awful mixed now. Trying to better it, I've worsened it a hundred times. I wish to goodness I'd just let it alone. Dad fetched the whole business. They buried him and we come back home, and I went to watching faces again. I couldn't help it, and I couldn't rest easy. Nothing come of it. Faces didn't tell me nothing. The king he visited around the evening, sweetened everybody up, made himself ever so friendly, and he gave out the idea of his congregation over in England would be in a sweat about him, so he must hurry and settle up the estate right away and leave for home. He was very sorry he was so pushed. So was everybody. They wished he could stay longer. They said they could see it couldn't be done. And he said of course him and William would take the girls home with them. That pleased everybody, too, because them girls would be well fixed and amongst their own relations. And it pleased the girls, too. Tickled them so clean they forgot they'd had trouble in the world. And told them to sell out as quick as he wanted to. They would be ready. Them poor things was that glad and happy it made my heart ache to see them getting fooled and lied to so but I didn't see no safe way for me to chip in and change the general tune. Well, blamed that the king didn't build the house and the niggers and all the property for auction straight off, sailed two days after the funeral. Anybody could buy private beforehand if they wanted to. So the next day after the funeral, long about noontime, the girl's joy got the first jolt. A couple of nigger traders come along. The king sold them the niggers reasonable for three-day drafts, as they called it. And away they went, the two sons up the river to Memphis, and their poor mother down the river to Orleans. I thought them poor girls and them niggers would break their hearts for grief. They cried around each other. It took on so it most made me down sick to see it. The girls said they had never dreamed of seeing the family separated or sold away from the town. I can't ever get it out of my memory. Inside of them poor miserable girls and niggers hanging around each other's necks and crying. And I reckon I couldn't have stood it at all. Would have had to bust out and tell in our gang if I hadn't known the sale weren't no account and the niggers to be back home in a week or two. Thing made a big stir in the town, too. A good many come out flat-footed and said it was a scandalous to separate the mother and the children that way. It injured the fraud some, but the old fool, he bowled right along, spite of all the Duke could say or do. And I tell you, the Duke was powerful uneasy. Next day was auction day. 
About broad day in the morning, the king and the duke come up the garret and woke me up, and I see by their look there was trouble. The king says, Was you in my room night before last? No, your majesty, which is the way I always call them, and nobody but our gang weren't around. Was you in there yesterday or last night? No, your majesty. Honor bright now, no lies. Honor bright, your majesty, I'm telling the truth. I ain't been near your room since Miss Mary Jane took you and the duke and showed it to you. The duke says, Have you seen anybody else go in there? No, your grace, not as I remember, I believe. Stop and think. I studied a while and see my chance. Then I says, Well, I, I see the niggers go in there several times. Both of them gave a little jump. Looked like they had never expected it. And then like they had. Then the duke says, What, all of them? No, leastways, not all at once. That is, I, I don't think I ever seen them all come out at once, but just one time. Hello, when was that? It was the day we had the funeral. In the morning. It weren't early because I overslept.